Well, happy Mother's Day again. It's such an honor to be here and speak with you ladies today. Um, I have a question for you. What wakes you up? What wakes you up? Is it a baby? Is it a teen coming in late? Is it your dog? Is it your neighbor? Got any loud neighbors? Is it your cell phone notifications? What is it? Well, I want to show you a picture of our family. This is our family. Um, our oldest is Erica and her husband, Jeff, and they have Asher. Um, we have Ethan and Paz, Andrew, um, Emily, our youngest, and Callie and Lily. And Kurt, I can say with assurance that our three children have woken us up numerous, numerous times, Sinf- right? Sinful. <laughs> no, I can remember when Erica, of course, being our first, when she woke up um, in the night or when she was moving or breathing in her little bassinet as a firstborn, I'm always leaning over, is she breathing? Is she okay? And we wake up at every little sound. When Ethan, when he was two or three and uh, in the middle of the night, he would just get up and go in the kitchen, and, and Kurt once got the pole off the bed. He's going I in the kitchen. I thought a robber thought, was in the house. And, and Ethan, we it's said, Ethan what are you doing? Ethan with a bag doing? of Cheetos. Yeah. He said, I'm hungry, Mommy. I'm hungry. And Emily, you know how as moms, you just feel like somebody's staring at you, and you're, you're in a deep sleep, and I remember that little face being right there night after night. I just startled me. <laughs> And, and I, I was awakened many times, but Kurt, I'm, I, I'm sure. sure. I'm sure these other guys, Andrew and Jeff, uh, pause is an angel, but Andrew and Jeff, I'm sure woke <laughs> up their parents on a regular basis. And, and our daughters, hands down, they'll say, our babies have woken us up over and over. You can relate, right, moms? But Kurt, let's talk about the armadillo. Mm-mm. Let's not talk about that. He has this fetish lately that he wants to trap these armadillos in our backyard. I have an armadillo so. brothel underneath my pool. <laughs> They're everywhere. So, you know, I'll be in a deep sleep, and all of a sudden I hear a golden retriever. She starts growling, and she hears the thumping in the trap. I got know, a trap. I'm traps trying. The armadillo is trying em. to get out. That startles me. I'll be in a deep sleep and it'll startle me. So what wakes you up? What wakes you up? Well, I prayed and prayed and I asked the Father, show me what is it? What do you want me to speak to these group of ladies today with us and those who are online? And, and he gave me two words. And the words were, wake up. So I began to search his word and search and find, okay, Father, how do you want us to wake up? How is it? What what do you want us to wake up to? And as I read, I came across a story um, with Jezebel, this character in the Bible. And she was a leader, um, but not a leader per se that we want to follow. Jezebel um, was married to King Ahab. And King Ahab was a ruler over Israel from 874 to about 853 BC. And as he led, she introduced the worship of the Tyrian god Baal. That was a nature god to the people. So she led the people in idolatry and sexual immorality. And she led them um, also to murder 
God's prophets. Most of God's prophets were, were murdered under her command. So we see that leadership has never been a problem. We can even look back in the Garden of Eden, right? Women lead. Eve led. Leading was not the problem. The problem was under what authority that she led. She led under her own authority. Jezebel led under her own authority. We are all leaders. And so today we come and we're going to give God an opportunity to examine our hearts. Let's take a look at how Jezebel led. So it's quite a story, actually, because Jezebel didn't have the heart of God. She had her own heart. And so Jezebel, there's a reason why none of you have named your kids, your little girls, Jezebel, too, by the way. And so she's married to the king, and his name is Ahab. And Ahab was um, looking out his palace window, and he sees this beautiful vineyard. Whose is it? It's Naboth's. He says, I want it. So he goes to Naboth. He says, Naboth, I want a vegetable garden outside of my palace. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to buy your vineyard. Or if you want another vineyard, I'll give you a different plot of land. And Naboth says, no, 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 far be it from me. No, 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 this is the inheritance of my fathers. I cannot give you my father's land. And Ahab goes home. He's mad. He's sullen. He's pouting. He's not eating. And so Jezebel walks in. And she says, why is the king sullen, pouting, not eating? And Ahab says, well, I wanted to buy Naboth's vineyard, but he wouldn't sell it. She, I'll get it for you, she said. And so she begins then to write letters under Ahab's authority. She signs them with his signet ring. And she says, this is what we'll do. At the very next feast, we'll seat two scoundrels beside Naboth. And the scoundrels at a certain point will both stand up and say, Naboth, curse God and the king. And when they say curse God and the king, we'll take him out and we'll stone him and the vineyard will be yours. And that's exactly what happened. At the next festival, two scoundrels rose up. Naboth cursed God. Naboth cursed the king. And so now what's going to happen is they go out, they stone him. And Elijah the prophet comes to Ahab. And Elijah the prophet comes to Jezebel and Elijah said, I just want you to know your lives are not going to end well. And Ahab's life didn't end well, but hers was rather barbaric. Hmm. She was upstairs in this building and, and, and upstairs, in the, and this commander says, who is for the Lord? And these three eunuchs push her out the window, and she crashes into the ground and while then the commander goes, kind of picture like an old Western saloon. He goes into the saloon like to go get, eat some dinner. And by the time he comes back out, dogs have eaten the entire body of Jezebel. Mm -hmm. And all they can find left are her skull, her hands, and her feet. A very mm -hmm. barbaric story. It's a bad story. This is a really bad story. Can we look at how she led? Though? I'd like to, to show you on the screen. She led with deception. She led with manipulation. There's a verse in 1 Kings 21, 25. There was never anyone like Ahab who sold himself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord, urged on by Jezebel, his wife. Catch that. Urged on by Jezebel, his wife. She also led with control. She led with insubordination. She had no showed no, no respect for authority. She, she led with pride. 
with sexual immorality, and lastly, with idolatry. And so I think, ladies, this morning, before we can go on and move forward in the message and hear what God wants to teach us about waking up and leading under his authority, we just need to stop. And we need to allow God to have some time to examine our hearts. Can we relate to how Jezebel led? Do you identify with any of these characteristics? See, I think God wants to awaken us as leaders, and he wants to reveal to us a way to lead and a way not to lead. And so as we look at this, I'm going to ask for all the ladies in the room to stand up. All the women. And we're going to have an opportunity now to pray and let's ask God to search our hearts, to search our hearts, and to reveal to us, are we leading in any of these ways? So will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, We all come collectively together in this room and online as your daughters. And Holy Spirit, we are going to allow you an opportunity to bring conviction where conviction needs to take place. Wake us up, Father. Wake us up. As your daughters, are we leading in deception? Are we deceiving other people right now? Father, wake us up. Wake us up. Are we in the habit of manipulating? Do we manipulate others in situations for our own gain? Wake us up, Father. Wake us up, Father. Are we leading in a controlling way? Are we controlling everybody and everything around us for our gain? Wake us up, Father. We repent. This morning, we're sorry. Father, wake us up when we've led with insubordination. Wake us up, Father, with pride. You oppose the proud, but you give grace to the humble. Wake us up, Father. Wake us up with sexual immorality If any of us are involved in sexual immorality, we want to take this time and confess it as what it is. It is sin, and we repent in your name. And Father, are we elevating any person or anything above you, Jehovah, Are we elevating? Do we have idolatry as we lead? Mm -hmm. Father, wake us up. Forgive us. And now would you prepare our hearts to receive the message that you have for us? We pray in the name of Jesus. Because we believe what 1 John 4 says. That we are your daughters and we have overcome because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, Kurt, there was another leader, and her name was Deborah. And Deborah was asked to rise up. Literally, God came to her and said, wake up, wake up. I'm asking you to lead under my authority. 
And she wrote a song in Judges 5, and it gives us some insight as to what happened when God awakened her from her comfortable existence. Yeah, this is a little better story as far as the name. We'll name our girls Deborah or Debbie, but we won't yeah. name them Jezebel. <laughs> no, yeah. But here's, here's what was happening. Deborah was a judge. And in the land of Israel, they had judges before they had kings. And so you, you got to think about somebody would be the judge for X number of years. And she was a judge. Very unusual for a woman to be in that position of leadership. She was in the highest position of leadership in the land. So here's Deborah. She's a judge. And the Israelites were being oppressed. And so what would happen is um, the Israelites would sin and then God would hand them over to the Canaanites. And then they would, they would rise, a judge would rise up and a military leader would come alongside of the judge. And then the land would have some peace again. So now there's been 20 years of oppression. 20 years where the Canaanites are just pestering the stew out of the Israelites. And so all of a sudden, this woman, Deborah, well, let me show you about her, her characteristics first of all. Deborah chapter, Judges chapter 4, verse uh, 4 says, Deborah, a prophet, was leading Israel at that time. She was a prophet. So she was a prophet, and the sec- next verse is she held court at the palm of Deborah. She's a judge. So she's a judge, and she's a prophet. And as this prophet judge, she got a word from God. And the word from God was, it's time to go take the other commander. Go tell Barak, your commander, to go take Sisera, the commander of the Canaanites. And so Deborah then goes to Barak and she says, Barak, it's time. The Lord has spoken to me. We're going to go pursue this. And Barak said, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. He said, I'll go to war if you go with me. She's like, huh? I'm a woman. I'm not going to war if you don't go with me. She said, okay, I'll go with you. But I just want you to know the honor's not going to go to you, Barak. The honor for the battle will go to a woman. Now, you think it's going to go to Deborah, and that's where there's a plot twist. So in Judges now, chapter 4, verse 16, Barak, the commander of the Israelites, pursued the chariots. Sisera has 900 iron chariots. Um, Barak has got 10,000 soldiers, but Sisera's got tens of thousands of soldiers and 900 iron chariots. So he's way outmatched. However, Barak pursued the chariot and the army, and all of Sisera's troops fell by the sword. Not a man was left. Sisera, meanwhile, fled on foot. So you got to get this. It's like all the Russian soldiers have been completely killed, and the only one left is Putin. Yeah. I can't think of a better illustration, okay? So Putin's running for his life. I'm trying to be prophetic. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) He's running for it. So Sisera is now running for his life, and he finds somebody he knows. She's also a Hebrew. Listen to this. Sisera, meanwhile, fled on foot to the tent of Jael. The wife of Heber the Kenite, because there was an alliance between the two families. Jael went out to meet Sisera, and she said to him, Come, my lord, come right in. Don't be afraid. So he entered her tent, and she covered him with a blanket. I'm thirsty, he said. Again, you got to realize, Sisera's been out fighting, armor, battle, carrying a sword, spears. He's exhausted. He's hot. Um, Don't be afraid, he said. So he entered her tent. And she covered him with a blanket. He said, I'm thirsty. Please give me some water. 
But instead of giving him water, she gave him warm milk because she's going to try to put him to sleep. So he said, please give me some water. She opened a a skin of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him up. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone in there, say no. But Jael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted. She drove the tent peg through his temple into the ground, and he died. Just then, Barak came by in pursuit of Sisera, and Jael went out to meet him. Come, my lord, she said, I will show you the man you're looking for. So he went in with her, and there lay Sisera with the tent peg through his temple, dead. This just kind of hit me. How come you gave me the two most barbaric (laughs) stories to share and tell? (laughs) Never mind. I I didn't want to tell all those great details there. So an ordinary day, though, right? Just Just, an ordinary day. day. Deborah was called to wake up and lead a military conquest. So it's an ordinary day for you. It's an ordinary day for me, but is he calling you to wake up, wake up and lead? Let's look at um, Judges 5.12. Wake up, wake up, Deborah. Wake up, wake up, break out in song. Arise, Barak, take captive your captives. You know, we've already talked about how Jezebel led, and now I want us to, to show some specifics as to how Deborah led and under the, the right authority. And the reasons I, I want to do this is because I want you to see this. Generations were impacted as a result of how each female led. Generations were impacted. So how do we know this? Jezebel's lineage was destroyed. Her lineage was destroyed. But Deborah's leadership, if we look at Judges 5.31... It says, so may all your enemies perish, Lord, but may all who love you be like the sun when it rises in your strength. So when we lead under his authority, we're like the sun that rises in its strength. We have that power. And then it says, then the land had peace for 40 years. What female in this room does not want peace for 40 years? Right? He's calling us to lead under his authority. Peace is a major result of that. So let's look at some of the characteristics. Let me give you six ways that Deborah led. Ladies, you want to lead this way, not the way of Jezebel. This is how you want to lead. Number one, Deborah led with courage. I love that. She was a courageous woman. She heard God's voice. She did what God had told her to do. Number two, she served with wisdom and with knowledge. The Holy Spirit was still speaking and working on her life. Number three, she listened well. Great leaders listen well. Number four, she supported the people God called to lead. And again, great leaders build a team. Great leaders aren't leading by themselves. There's always a support team. Number five, she gained the respect of the people. But also, Deborah spoke only what God had said to her. That's really cool. That is so cool. Because I think about Jesus. He said... I only speak what the Father says to me. And she only spoke what she heard the Father saying. So let's talk about this. I want to talk to you as women about how Deborah led. You know, it was an ordinary day, as we've said. And it doesn't matter if you're young or if you're old. You have have children, you're married, you're unmarried, grandchildren. It doesn't matter. God has a lesson in this for all of us. So wake up. Wake up in the back of the room. Wake up. There is a message for us. 
um, there was a message for Deborah. You know, she, she was a busy person. She was a judge. And it says in the Bible in Judges 4 that the Israelites would bring all their disputes to her for her to settle. But when God spoke, she was awakened and she obeyed. And so, yeah, this Mother's Day is going to come and go. What a beautiful day to enjoy with your family. It will come and go. But let's not let this opportunity for God to speak to our hearts about how we lead come and go. You know, the Lord prepared Deborah in the secret place. And I know we have talked about this for several years. And you're thinking, okay, here we go. We're talking about the secret place. It is a place where you can connect personally, one-on-one with God. And I can convince you, try to convince you all day long that it's in the secret place. But look at this verse. It says um, in Ephesians 5.14, Awake, O sleeper. Awake, women. Awake and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Christ will shine on you. So we've talked about the secret place, but I want to add an additional benefit to the secret place that maybe you haven't really thought that much about. What takes place in the secret place is he trains your ear. He trains your ear. He tunes your ear so that when you are out and about in your ordinary day, when you are working, when you're speaking with someone, you're having lunch with someone, when you're taking care of your child, when you're talking with your husband, your friend, whatever, He trains your ear in the secret place. If you Google, how do I hear the voice of God? Because many of us question, how do I hear? I want to hear. How do I hear the voice of God? You'll get all all kinds of things will pop up. Classes, courses, and I'm sure they're good. But I want to say to you this morning that God is the greatest teacher in audiology that you can imagine. The more you spend with him, the more he'll tune your ear. The more time you're in that place with him, the more he'll tune your ear. And this is how it happens. So it usually occurs after you've been in in, in the quiet place, secret place with him, it usually occurs when you're not consciously pursuing his voice. It's like he interrupts your thought process. He interrupts it, and you're like, what was that? And he says, wake up. I want you to lead. It, it's kind of like um, an insight that, that comes, and you think, oh, that, w- that had to be divinely inspired. It's an intuitive insight and inspired words about a person or about a situation or circumstance that God is speaking to you about. And he has tuned your ear, wake up, wake up. And it all begins in the secret place. So I don't know if you have these discussions, husbands and wives, when one of you is about to go to sleep. <clears throat> but about 10 o'clock at, the, at night usually is when Danita wants to open up into a great theological discussion. I don't know what he's And so <laughs> just a few days ago, this came up about 10 o'clock at night, and I said, let me get this straight. What God's leading you to say is the secret place is where we connect with him, but the benefit of being in the secret place 
is when we're out in the marketplace. It's when we're out blowing and going. It's when we're out having to discipline our kids. It's when we're out having to make business decisions or leadership decisions. That's when God speaks to us because we have a reserve. We have an overflow for what he's given to us in the series. She said, that's exactly what I'm saying. And so we've talked a lot about the secret place where it's you and God. But the perk for Deborah, the perk for Danita, the perk for you, the perk for me is not only can we connect with him in that quiet time, but that time then allows us to function under the authority of, of Christ when we're doing whatever it is we need to do. And so I think that's what made Deborah so successful is she could hear God's voice because she'd spent time with God. Absolutely. So moms, I want to speak to you this morning. I want to speak to you, and I want to remind you of Psalm 127, 3 through 5. It says, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman whose quiver is full of them. So I want to say to you this morning, wake up, wake up. Because your arrows are in your quiver for such a short time. And he's given you this opportunity. He's entrusted you with these arrows. And he's, he's asking for you to seek him on this and wake up so that you can wake your children up and you can help to launch them towards the purpose that God has for their lives. And so I, I know that it, it's one thing to teach your children about creation, but it's another thing to wake up and seek the Father and say, I want you to show me how to teach my children that you, God, the Creator, want to create in their life. It's one thing to say, well, I'm going to put my child in a private Christian school. It's another thing to wake up and say, you know what? It's my responsibility It's my responsibility to shepherd my child's heart. And, you know, it's one thing to say, well, I want them to be well-rounded. I want them to, uh, I want to expose them to several different extracurricular activities. It's another thing to get in the secret place and get a revelation from, from God as to how your child is wired so that you can launch him or her in that specific direction. And moms, I want to talk to you specifically and say this. It is your job to support your child in their God-given gender, whether male or female. They may get lost and confused, but you can't. You must support them. It is your job. So God's message to Deborah is the same message for you all and for me. Wake up. Wake up and lead under God's authority. Yeah, what what I really like about this is you're not, we've been doing this for 40 years. We've been married 37. We even did ministry before we were married together. Mm -hmm. So this is not something that you've read in a book. These are not theories. Mm -hmm. So speak, speak from your experience and your heart on this. Well, I just want to say again that, yes, he has come to me and said, wake up. But he wants to and he will come to you. 
because you are daughters of the king. And he will say to you, wake up. So let me give you an example. He's come to me and said, you know, Danita, I want you to be a source of truth for those who are in deception. It's not always comfortable. It's not always something that you go, yay, I get to. But God calls you to be, to lead under his authority. So over the course of, you know, maybe, I don't know, 35 years or whatever, women have come, and they may be young, they may be old, and they'll say to me, well, I'm in this, um, I'm, I'm having this relationship. And basically what it is, it's an, it's an adulterous relationship. They don't call it that. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I look at them and I say, God will come to you. And, and he wants you to understand that this decision will impact your life. It's going to impact your children's lives. And it will impact your grandchildren's lives and their lives. And there will be no peace in the land. And some of them look at me and say, well, I can't. I can't get out. He's everything that my husband is not. I can't get out. Another example is he's come to me and said, I want you to rise up and lead and be a source of hope for those who are in despair. You know, and many times we have had um, parents come and sit in our living room or we've gone to their living rooms because they, they feel such despair. Their children are in rebellion or their teenager. And as young parents, you're thinking, no, this isn't going to happen to me. Or their adult children are in such rebellion. And they, they think it's hopeless. They think, how are we ever going to get out of this? And I say to them, you have to develop a military strategy because you are in a war for your child's life and for their future. And God has given us his word that lays out promises and speaks specifically to how he created your children and, and, and what all he has for them. And there are books that even line this out for you. It's great. There are books that just have scripture after scripture that you can pray over your child when they're going through this season, in this season of life. And some parents are like, okay, we'll do this. We'll do this. We'll, we'll pray. And after a month or so, I don't know if they even open the book. I don't know. But it becomes too hard. See, that they have to lead under God's authority. They have to stand up and fight. Then there are other moms and dads who say, I am going to fight for my child. I'm going to take his word. I'm going to pray it over my child one month, one year, five years, 10 years, however long it takes because my daughter or my son belong to the God Most High. And I will fight. And I believe with all my heart that what his word says is that he is watching to perform his word. So when you speak that over your child, God's just watching. He's like, I'm going to perform that word over them. But you cannot give up. 
You cannot give up. And it all starts back in the secret place. So Jesus will come to you. He will come to you as women, young and old and in between. And he will ask you to wake up and lead under his authority. So the decision for us today is very, very simple. Are we going to do it? Are we going to rise up and be like, like Deborah? Are we going to rise up and consider it like a military conquest where we are going to fight for what is right in our family, for our children, for our marriages, for our community? Are we going to do this? So just as we had the prayer of repentance, I'm going to ask that every female stand up with me now And we're going to pray together a prayer. And I want us to commit this day, this ordinary day, that yes, I will. I will choose to lead under God's authority. So I want us to speak this together. It's going to come up here on the screen. Father, let's pray together. Through your power, And under your authority, I will lead. I expect to be a source of truth to those in deception, a source of hope for those in despair, a source of faith for those in doubt, a source of peace for those who are anxious, a source of forgiveness for those who are bitter a source of love for those who feel despised. In the name of Jesus, amen. Happy Mother's Day. Go lead.